So we did 500 shows and things got weird. Yeah, no, you do 500 shows of a podcast, 850 radio episodes, and, and your life changes a little bit. You, you try to switch it up. You try to keep it interesting. Are we going to make it another 500 episodes? I don't know. But what I do know is that I have been kicked out of my studio this week. Damien Dunn is in the actual studio. I'm in my office about 20 feet away and Kristen's where she always is. Hello, everybody. It's the Pete the Platter experience. Dame, how weird is it to be in there? I feel like I did a fairly decent job of trying to be like just a slight delay of what you were saying. Uh, People are probably (laughs) even more confused than they normally are when they log in at this point of the show. Yeah, as uh, as my daughter once said, uh, you were like a like a, a ventriloquist there, uh, and anything's a puppet as long as you stick your hand up its hole. Yep. Good day, Danza. Good day, Jeremy. I would. Do you feel like we need to go explicit when I when I say that phrase, Kristen? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It feels explicit, Kristen. Can I brag on Kristen for a second, Dame? Yes, please. So I don't know about if you know this. I got a lot of stuff going on, like like a lot of most people, everyone. I got a lot of stuff. And so Chris and I were on this event together yesterday. She did the legwork. I didn't know a whole lot about it, but I just jump on. It's like, oh, Kristen's going to be there and I'm hosting, right? Uh, and Kristen puts together this outline and we do 30 minutes on a topic that we both know pretty well. She knows a lot about it. Man, it was easy. She made it. <laughs> she made it so easy, and she was so good. And damn, I just kept thinking, "Thank God for Kristen. Thank God we put her on the radio show." And it was, it was phenomenal. It's it was my, like, yeah, it's my daily existence. I know, but like I, I think <laughs> about what we did yesterday. She and I, mainly her. Um, <laughs> it was better than what anyone else is really putting out there in our space about that topic. It's better than anything anyone's doing. And it was so effortless. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Kristen, you're, you're amazing. Thank you. Um, maybe you can buy yourself a beverage this weekend on our behalf and, and, <laughs> and not send us the invoice. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, nah, I don't think I could do that. No. Uh, Dame. So why are you here? <laughs> What's Why are you in the studio? Uh, I, I am in Indianapolis for uh, my children. It's all for the kids, Pete. Oh, jeez. I've not seen your kids in a while. I, I just get this feeling that they're like super tall now. Like they are. Well, I mean, your daughter's generally tall, uh, but I feel like she's taller. She is taller. She is taller than her mom, but that's not saying a ton. So uh, she, we, we think she may be slowing down pretty dramatically at this point. So. Gee, you mean in growth? Growth, yeah. Okay. To, to, Thomas is is certainly uh, continuing his upward trend. Though. Um, Chris, anything exciting in your life before we figure out how to do another radio show here? My life, um, yeah, but you're gonna think it's boring, so we can just move on. <laughs> is it concert? Is it concert related? <laughs> I am. The next time viewers see us, I will have been to three more concerts. That is true. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm so annoyed just by the thought of that. Not at all. Not at all. What What uh, did you not want to share with us? Is it a pet update? What What is it? No. Um, I went to an estate sale yesterday and got like nine pieces of the vintage corningware with the blue cornflowers on it. Yes. So. 
Kristen Alanius taking advantage of the dead since Aww. the year 2000. <laughs> what a, did I misspeak? No, that wasn't as bad as as I was leaving yesterday, the estate sale. This lady's coming out. The door wasn't even closed behind her. And she goes, that sucked. And I was like. <laughs> All right, Dame, we're going to do a little game I like to call a Hollywood pitch meeting. Okay. I'm going to mm-hmm. pitch two shows to you and you choose which one you're going to green light. Okay. 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 So here's the scene. Um, this person has a tragic death. They die. All deaths are tragic. And then a bunch of strangers come and pillage and buy up all of their worldly possessions for cheap. And the focus is how excited these people are about this person's death. Okay. So that's number one. Okay. okay so that's show number one. Kristen, what's wrong with your face? Well, you're just describing me. I'm waiting for the other thing that I did. <laughs> okay. So here's the other angle here. Um, person lives long, beautiful life. Mm. And um, they've accumulated so many memories and, and worldly possessions that not only had value to them, but had value to others. And people are honoring them by showing up, contributing monetary uh uh, things to the estate so that people can go off and remember their loved ones in their own fun way and everyone's happy which 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 do you like better show one show number one yeah i did too yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sorry Kristen. it's fine um i feel pretty good about this week's bomb it's (laughs) i had to sort of guess on the price a little bit i it's a long story but it's for sale, but the price isn't available yet, so I had to figure it out. But it's 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 a phenomenal bomb this week. Um, we're, so we're doing here's the show this week. We got three episodes of the radio show, as you know, or three three uh, what are they called segments? Segments. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. We got the world's longest email about two weeks ago that we chose not to use on the 500th episode, and we are now going to make it part of this entire show. This entire show is dedicated to one email that is the longest email I, I think I've ever read. And we had to strike elements from the email just so we could fit it in and read it. But there are three really good questions that come of the email. So that's what we're going to do. Does that make sense? Yes. Kristen, where was it in Slack that you put the, oh, there's the questions at the bottom. Yeah. Okay. How do each of Okay. And... Whew. We can probably take timeouts as we go because I think there's questions that they didn't ask or like things that we should address that they didn't maybe necessarily ask. All right. So I went to the Dame Kristen Slack uh, channel. Is that where you cross things out? Like the questions are just below your last cross out? Um, Yeah. So my question to the honorable honorable panel of experts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hey, everybody. If you're listening to the podcast and you're annoyed by us doing this, (laughs) turn it off. Listen mm-hmm. to Joe Rogan. I don't care. I, don't, I, don't I care a little. Okay. Kristen. Kristen cares. Um, all right. Are we ready to do this? Oh, I got to be ready to do this. Oh, boy. Hold on, everybody. I have something to write on. <clears throat> Dame, are, you're, are those your clicks or are those Kristen's clicks? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was looking at the Supreme Court page. They released two opinions, not student loans, though. Which ones? Uh, United States versus Texas and United States versus Hanson. Did Texas win? I don't know. They I still get to stay in the union? 
<laughs> they don't want to be. Oh, all right. And we're starting a show. Three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. And here's what happens if our spam filter does its job. We don't get any email. No, we get your email. And then we answer it on the air. This week a vi- on a very special Pete the Planner show, we're answering one email for the entire show because it's a long email with some really good questions. I've used the word we several times and I'm not French. Uh, so that means there are two other people here. That means that uh, Kristen Alanius, the director of education, joins us, who is uh, refreshing Supreme Court opinions as, as we sit here. Hello, Kristen. Hello. As you may know, as you listen to this on a weekend on the uh, whatever radio station you're listening to, uh, we record on Friday mornings at 10 a.m. There's a bunch of Supreme Court decisions coming out today. It, what, it shuts down at noon. Is that what's happened, Kristen? Um, it starts at 10. I don't know how long we wait. Okay. I don't know how any of this works. It's just like when the first iPhones came out and you just wait and whatever. <laughs> Damien Dunn joins us. Damien's actually in my broadcast studio and I'm in my office in a very weird way. Hi, Dame. Bonjour. All right, here we go. Good day. Oh, this is an email that I'm now reading. Good day, miscellaneous Dunn brothers. And so the joke was there that Dame and I are related, which we aren't because our names are both Dunn. And Kristen's last name is Alanius, and we call her Miss Alanius. Good day, miscellaneous Dunn brothers. During the last few shows, there have been various hot takes regarding financial metrics and a statement or two where Pete indicated that when a household increases their income, their financial goals often are pushed further out into the future. While I agree, this could easily be true if the household took their added income and spent it frivolously on bigger houses or fancy cars or expensive clothing clothing, or a bite of the world's most expensive ice cream. It's also true that this increases in salary can accelerate those financial timeline as well. My wife and I are 40 and 39 respectively okay so now i have a question Kristen. if the person said my wife and i are 40 and 39 that means the wife is 40 and he's 39 that's how i took that he's into like much older women yes Mm. i've been tracking our financial progress with great detail for approximately 10 years i have income data thanks to socialsecurity.gov going back to when i got my first job at age 14 as a telemarketer selling newspapers across the country (laughs) From 2007 to 2022, I worked for the same tiny little tech company. I had variability in income due to fairly significant swings in end-of-year bonuses. Some years, my bonus was as much as 50% of my income, and sometimes it was nothing at all. This variability was actually a wonderful blessing in disguise as it forced us to more or less ignore this potential money from a financial planning perspective and either put out the bonus money into investments or towards paying off our house, which we did in just under 13 years. If you're still listening to the radio show or podcast, (laughs) stick with me. We've only got 30 more paragraphs to go. (laughs) Last year, I left my original company and started a similar position at a new company, much to my delightment and surprise. With this job hop, I made more than double my income. It was a wild shock, really. We have been fortunate enough to max out our 401ks, HSAs, put 5K a year into 529 plans blah, blah, blah. The rest would go towards general investments or savings for remodeling our 60-year-old home. But now, for some reason, I was about to read my, remodeling our 60-year-old wife, which mm. would have had a completely different angle to this. Uh, now we got a bunch of money. What do we do? Uh, 
It can be addicting to start to daydream about what we could do with an extra hundred grand each year. We could maybe buy a vacation home or rent it out when we're not using it. We could buy a sprinter van and take long road trips to national parks while our kids. Okay, they could do a lot of things. Uh, But if we did those things, would we become dependent on them? Would we see this as the new normal, a new baseline of spending? I'm going to stop reading and get to the essence of the question. Number one, how do you how do each of you avoid lifestyle creep or cranking up the speed of that hedonic treadmill? Hopefully, Kristen has Googled hedonic. Uh, two, once you've arguably won the game, what do you do next? I think Pete might suggest starting a podcast. <laughs> I've definitely not won the game. <laughs> Last time I wrote it, he suggested I invest in racehorses, so maybe that. Really? Uh, at what point do you consider a transition and focus from building your own financial wealth and starting to give back to your community by not only charitable contributions, but perhaps mentorship? Woo, and that's all the time we have. All right, so let's just hit the first question. Uh, how do you avoid lifestyle creep um, and, and just cranking up your lifestyle over time? Like, Kristen, how do you, how do you avoid lifestyle creep? Nobody's gonna like my answer, oh, but it's it. <laughs> listeners aren't gonna like my answer because it see it's probably gonna seem a little um, unrealistic. But my power percentage is just like a non-negotiable thirty-five. Like that, just I got a raise earlier this year, and I immediately put that money into a cash reserve account so that I didn't spend it. The age of my wife is a non-negotiable thirty-five as well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a callback. And please don't get mad at anyone. That was a joke. Uh, okay. So you just say non-negotiable. It's like, you don't care. Yeah. There's no creep happening in your life. Mm-mm. Dame? Uh, disagree. Circle gets a square. I didn't know. Uh, it, it sounds really smart and mature and intelligent to just say, hey, it's 35% non-negotiable. That's where we're at. I think it's a lot more challenging for most people and most families than to just say, well, this is it because we, we all struggle with, uh, you know, delayed gratification, uh, maybe not as much as we should because we, we get sucked into you know, the advertisements or whatever. We, we, we buy what we want now, but I believe as long as you are planning and you are accounting for all these, these changes in your life and you are still doing a reasonable job at saving going forward, there's nothing wrong with enjoying some of the fruits of your labors and, and spending some of that money on, on yourself or your family. Now, as the, we don't have a name as the, the emailer suggests though, how do you make sure that doesn't become the new standard going forward? That's where I think the challenge becomes, I, you know, spending on one off stuff, I, I think every once in a while is, is fine, but it's that lifestyle creep that becomes the big challenge. And I don't, I don't know if there's one silver bullet for everybody. I think it becomes a know thyself type of scenario where you have to pay attention. You have to be honest with yourself. And maybe there's some checks and balances that go into this process, whether it's you, whether it's a financial advisor, whether it's spouse, whoever it is, but there's likely going to be uh, more than just yourself watching over this. So I think the biggest inflection point of my lifestyle creep has been my children getting to middle school aged, right? Like we are spending money hand over fists Mm -hmm. on things to stoke their interests to, to, I I say this loosely invest in their future. Right. And so I think Kristen's not wrong based on her life. 
I think Dame and I might feel a little differently because as your kids get older, the, the, the expenses started to spin out of control. So what concerns me about this emailer's idea here is if he believes his income is eventually going to go back down, which is sort of where I get with this is, is like, is he always going to be a hundred thousand dollars more with, with, you know, income to deal with? And is his retirement, is it going to be at that level too? If he thinks is at any point in time, his household available income is going to go down then lifestyle creep is a massive problem. If he is able to say, I'm going to have the same level of income for the rest of my life in, in a legitimate way that he can va validate and justify, then I have no problem with it because Dame, and I know we're about to take a break because we had to read this email for 38 <laughs> minutes. I, I've been thinking a lot about this recently. Like what is my guaranteed income for the rest of my life, not, not just the rest of my career, but what's the rest of my life? What's my income look like? I, I'm not kidding, dude. I spent 30 minutes thinking about this last night. And I think that's where we can dig in a little deeper to answer the next two questions of the world's longest email. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Pete the Planner Show, world's longest email edition, answering two more questions. That's next. I'm Pete the Planner really funny you say that because as after i finished talking and you started talking i thought how early is it too early to start doing mock retirement i th okay wow this is great wow this is really <laughs> this is really great radio i was just trying to see if i've got a copy of mock retirement on my desk here but i don't uh, um, i uh, no i no. do have a copy of my favorite book i've ever read, written that no one freaking reads uh, this is actually the workbook to it. Uh, here's the book. The Commissioner. The Commissioner. Uh, a Guide to Thriving on Commission Income. Like, I love this book. It's my favorite thing. No one buys it. I mean, it's carried in Barnes & Noble, but no one buys it. Do they, uh, do they send you your royalty checks for your books on uh, an Amazon gift card, or do they send you an actual check? <laughs> <laughs> Flex. I, uh, for, for the podcast people, I just held up a check. <laughs> this is certainly a check. Awkward. Um, can I ask a clarifying question? About, is it about better, the last segment. Is it better on the radio or now? I mean, I guess it could be. Ask now. Why? I guess I'm a little confused at how saying that your power percentage is in what pete calls the great range means that you don't spend on frivolous purchases or have fun like i just told you i'm going to three concerts it's it's about a percentage i'm not you're talking about dame's disagreement with you yeah uh, take it up with him take it up with the bald man <laughs> I'm like i i'm i know just the face of this thing i don't think that's fair that's the whole point of power percentage yeah I didn't come up with it. <laughs> wait, wait, you didn't come up with it. You don't I say like it's here. a bad thing. It's a brilliant thing. It is a brilliant um, thing. I, I was wondering how Dame's point disagreed with Kristen too, if I can be honest. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, frankly, I just said disagree because I wanted to try and stoke something. I See, Dame, you get in that studio. You just start uh, flinging yeah. hot takes left try. and right. I know what it feels like, man. <laughs> Oh, man. That's funny. 
Um, I hate going back to the, well, once you have kids, go through expensive. It's a dumb card to play, but I'll be damned, it's true. I spend money on stuff that I never in a million years thought I was going to end up spending money on. So I, 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 it's hard to disagree with that. But here's the good news. Those expenses eventually stop. You guys want to hear a funny story? Yes. So my daughter uh, went to cheer camp a couple weeks ago. Did I tell you about this? She went to cheer camp down at IU with her high school cheer squad. This is her first cheer camp that she's ever been to. And what the kids do down there, well, those kids, is they'll put DoorDash app on their phone. And then with their account, she has her own money, right, that she has earned. And then so they'll order order DoorDash. Well, so she gets back from the camp, and I was like, so how much DoorDash did you order? She's like, I didn't order any DoorDash. And I was like, boy, that's a wasted opportunity. Uh, However, this past week, uh, she was at the pool in our neighborhood with a friend, and she decided to DoorDash a small pizza and breadsticks (laughs) to the pool. (laughs) That's a uh, win. From a pizza shop that is 250 yards away. <laughs> <laughs> it cost her $28. <laughs> and she's like, I am never doing that again. And I'm like, hey, so glad yeah. you got to learn that lesson. 28 bucks for a small pizza and breadsticks for a 200. So here's what happened. The pizza shop didn't deliver 250 yards. Some person drove from somewhere else in our fine city into the neighborhood to the pizza shop and then drove it 250 yards to a little kid. All I can see is the clip of Greta Thunberg saying, how dare you? (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Uh Mm. DoorDash. Okay, let's do more of the show. Um, how do I even set the email back? Okay, here, I'll figure it out. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. This uh, show, this uh, whole idea of this particular episode is dedicated to one email that is so long that if we get canceled next week as a radio show, you will never hear the conclusion as to what has happened. It is that long. There were three operative questions that the person ended up asking. One was... How do you avoid lifestyle creep? The next one is, once you've arguably won the game, what do you do next? Uh, And then the third one's about charitable giving, which I think are all really good questions. So, Dame, Kristen, we are now on to once you've arguably won the game, I think we need to spend some time is what is the Kristen, when you hear someone says they've won the game, what what was it? Uh, that's so hard because I, in the work that we do, we are just so used to saying, are you like um, very tactfully, like, are you sure? Like, are you sure you're at a point where you can coast that you've actually made it? So, so I so rarely get to have that conversation with someone who has won the game that I don't. I don't think that conversation through all that often, to be honest. Won the game is, I know the emailer is, is really helping us out here by giving us content. So we're not going to beat the person up by any means, but Dame, 
Yeah, actually, Pilot Jeremy in our on our live stream brings like. Does anyone ever actually win the game, Dame? Does anyone actually ever win the game, unless you're worth tens of millions of dollars, in which your mistakes and your choices most of the time don't negatively impact you? What what can it be? I mean, it's really hard to argue that some people who uh, I think you even alluded to it. Um, in the end of the last segment, if you have that minimum income that you're going to get for the rest of your life. Once you have that accounted for, and there's really not much you can do to screw that up. I think most people would consider that winning the game. Now there's all sorts of variations that, that go off of that. And maybe uh, for somebody who's younger, maybe it's uh, they, they feel like they won the game when they, they own the house. Maybe the first person in their family that, that uh, has ever been able to afford a house, or maybe they, uh, you know, earned a hundred thousand uh, dollars for the first time, and they feel like they've got every all the tailwind in the world, and they feel like they've won, and it's just it's coasting from here. Little do they know that it's probably only getting more challenging. Uh, but it, I think there's all sorts of different ways people can define that. But if we're going for a gold standard of won the game, I think it's once you can account for the minimum level of income that you feel like you need for the rest of your life. Yeah, Kristen, because I get the sense that this person thinks they've respectfully, right. Mm -hmm. That they've won the game based on their current income, Mm -hmm. as opposed to copious amounts of assets that could regenerate that income. Is, is that how you're reading that too? Or is that just me? No, that's how I'm reading it. Because in the email, they talked about what do you do? Do you buy a vacation home? Do you do, you know, there were other things that they listed. And I think that's the problem is that have you just reached a peak on your way to this like summit that doesn't really exist? Because as people, we just continue to want and plan. I feel like they're at a peak. And they're asking like, is it okay to like, move forward to that next peak financially? Dame, I again, I didn't read the whole thing. Because I just I don't know who has time for that. I'll be dead soon. Um, <laughs> both he and his partner both work. I believe so. So wouldn't I mean part of winning the game? Wouldn't it be that you you can do all of this without one person working? Wouldn't that be like at least the starting point? I, I think that's a very fair uh, winning metric. I whatever we're gonna call it. I, but yeah, if if you can live off of one partner's income and a relationship, you've got a ton of flexibility and that should set you up to achieve your financial goals even faster. Now, where I think we start to get into the weeds are how much, and it goes back to the first question, how much of that, uh, how many miles on that hedonic treadmill can you run before you start creating problems for yourself? That uh, You could say, I, you know, potentially, I'm going to go buy that vacation home. And when it comes time, I'll sell it and I'll use the proceeds to help fund my retirement. Will you? Will you sell that? Because you, you've become accustomed to that and, and you probably really like that and have great memories and want to bring the grandkids down someday. It, it becomes to part with some of these material possessions or that lifestyle the more you become acclimated to it. So I, I don't know. I do think that uh, being able to live off of one income if you're in a two-income household is a fine thing, Pete. Kristen, do you didn't we do this before where we tried to say in our own lives what the hardest thing we'd have to give up? Do we do that? Or yeah. is that something I feel like what would yeah. be the hardest luxuries a, a loose word oh, yeah, yeah. that we had to give up? And I I think I said 
food maybe (laughs) (laughs) which is not surprising um but yeah think about like the things so i'll say even for where we spend a lot of money right now is our kids stuff it's like okay my let's see things get tight how do you do that how how do you how do you do that or what else do you have to move around because the answer ain't going into debt like how, how do you do that I guess that's we're the experts, aren't we? Why, should, why am I asking this question? I think we should be answering this question. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, there's always that next level. And this goes back, and the emailer did mention how you talked about how a raise can make your life harder. And it's just because we continue to level up. The answer is that if you want your children to have all the same types of opportunities that they have right now, if there were to be a reduction in loss of income, if you had to scale that back, well, then you have to scale that back from a dollar perspective. If your kids are in travel sports, they have to play locally. Or if they're in um, a, like a sport or let's say they're in 4-H and they have horses, it's super expensive. Okay, well, we have to take something else for 4-H this year. They can still have those opportunities, but we're just talking about at a different level. Yeah. Sorry, kids. Only one of you is going on vacation with us this year. It's right. just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to we're going to Deep River Water Park. We're not going to Disney. Like there's, it just has to, you just have to bring it down. Deep River Water Park is that a thing? Yes. Really? What is that? Yes. Um, it's in Maryville, I believe. Indiana. And, correct. And it was a blast when I was a kid. So. Do you guys want to go to Orlando or Maryville? <laughs> I would have picked Maryville. I don't like to travel, so. <laughs> I take the Maryville primarily because of the Albanese gummy bear outlet. Exactly. Oh, it's so good. See, Troy knows. Now, you know, I, I keep thinking about this won the game thing. I know we're getting like the emailers at this point hates us because mm-hmm. we're fixating on this. I I know one person that I would say won the game. Like literally one person. Well, well, who's who won the game that sold their business for so much money that unless something just truly nuts happens, they're fine forever. Like, and, and they can, and, and again, this, I'm not holding this person on a pedestal. I'm just trying to like mechanically get to this point of like, what is the win the game? They spend a ton of money. They do, but like, I, they can't run out. How, yeah. So, so how, my question is how many people do you know that sold their business that you thought they probably should have been in the win the game category and aren't anymore? A ton. Yeah. yeah, a ton. Like, yeah. That. Thank you, Dame. So it's one to two hundred. You know, it, it's it's a huge difference. And I also say, I, I know people who theoretically could have won the game, but the choices they're making of continuing to work and do these sorts of things make it feel like they didn't win the game. So maybe I know more people who won the game, but just based on the risks they're taking and do, things they're doing, it just doesn't feel like, I, I don't know. It takes a ton of financial discipline to have a big pile of money sitting there staring at you month to month on statements and not dip into it and to live by that monthly amount that you know will last forever. It's challenging. And in some instances, what you do is you choose to think of your community via charitable contribution. So coming up after the break... <laughs> Coming up after the break, we're actually going to hit the third question in the War and Peace email that asked about having so much money. So how, when do you include everyone else in your plans? That's next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. All right. 
do, 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 do. Dame, how many people do you do you, like? True, like how many people do you know that have won the game? One. Okay, and so then the op, the question that you asked me, how about the other one? Way more. Okay. Yeah. Christine, you know any game winners? Yes, but I think the thing that for me is you can win the game, but that doesn't. Um, it doesn't mean that you no longer have to be diligent. Um, I know two people who I would say have won the game. One is so concerned about going back to a place where they haven't won the game that it makes it feel like they haven't won because they're so concerned about like, I don't want to fall back into that place. And the other has won the game. However, you still, that doesn't like Dame said, you have to make sure that these assets can last you for a lifetime. And that causes that person a fair amount of concern and stress. So is that really a win? Yeah. Andy brings up a good point. She asks, is winning the game more about money amount or discipline mentality because in Kristen's example too there's this the derivation of people who have won the game like straight up have won the game but they don't feel like it mm-hmm. right and and so mm-hmm. yeah that's actually a strange cat that's a very midwestern category right? <laughs> strange category too i mean look i i know a lot of people who've sold businesses or got wealthy in various ways who 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 sold for a ton of money, but I still don't look at them and think they won the game other than this one person, which is so weird. I don't know. Who knew? Who knew? This emailer is like, man, I regret that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think about there are certain families <clears throat> that I'm that I know um, that have two pensions and two social securities and they live very frugally. And they'll never have the only thing they'll take out of their investments are RMDs. And I could argue that they've they've won the game, but it's more based on the discipline and all the the work that they put in rather than the money that's set aside. They they'll never fall back on that money short of you know some major medical you know you know ex- experience that they would have to dip into. But other than that, it's it's all coasting for that. Some of these families that I'm familiar with. That's a really good point. I mean, Kristen, you've heard me tell the story millions of times. Like my grandpa retired in 1983 with nothing, had no assets really, but had a 31 year retirement. That was beautiful and wonderful. And my grandma outlived him by seven years. How do you retire with nothing and die with nothing and survive? He won the game, right? Like that's the that's the weird element of that. Uh, Jeremy, pilot Jeremy, just <clears throat> lobbing bombs from thirty five thousand feet, which is maybe a bit on the nose. Shouldn't say it mm. that way. I know multiple people that won, but they all owned their own companies that their parents or grandparents started. Ah, uh, yeah, that's so true. That means there's only one more generation to go until that wealth is gone. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so true. Statistics say. Um, so let's do the charitable contributions thing. Uh, and yes, for those that know it, uh, I am suited up today. Got a little bit of a presentation this afternoon downtown Indianapolis. So I will have to go at some point. Kristen, what if I did the whole show sort of in this voice here? Oh, please don't. 501 would be the end. I could do it. I could totally do it. You'd get used to it. No. You would, Dane. Would you get used to it? I kind of like it. 
it would she would shift from time to time because I can't hold it. You have the, there was the, there's one one slight derivation on this voice that you do uh, that's amazing that I I always love. Is it the is it the creepy old guy yes. from Family Guy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really like your shoes. <laughs> sorry <laughs> um so can i tell you a dumb story um and my son's soccer game out a month ago the finals one of the moms needed help carrying her stuff uh because she was going to another soccer field she's like will you take m- my chair with you and then just give it to me at a party later because we were all gonna be together so she gave me her like sideline chair and it was a yeti sideline chair that the case itself was a backpack like so it it had backpack straps honestly i'd never seen one before was the nicest chair i think i've ever seen and i think i think they're like 350 bucks or something like that right and and i I, i'm a i'm a 49.99 sideline chair guy where the bags rip kristen are you in the sideline chair uh life or no um i have two but they were both swag so i don't i've never paid for a sideline chair dame did you find it i did they yeti actually has two versions of camp chairs or sideline chairs okay. and they it looks like they are both 300 dollars. okay so um i i take the chair i put it in my trunk and i see her at a party later and i leave the chair i said oh hey i brought your chair up i set it over there she left it at the party. So then I grab it and take it back. And I saw her last night. So I returned the chair to her. And I'm thinking, if this was my chair, it would A, it would be in my living room. <laughs> this is nice. <laughs> B, did she for, really forget about it? Or did she trust me enough with that chair? Did she think about, man, that bald man has my chair? Like, I, I, I start, you know, I was just sitting there next to her last night. I just kept thinking, does she have a lot of faith in me or did she forget? Like what's the, what's our relationship now? Am I overthinking it? <laughs> or, or maybe she was just trying to uh, get another chance to see you. <laughs> no, that's no, she's got great vision. So that's <laughs> certainly not it. What do you think, Kristen? Um, or maybe she is an ADHD girly and she struggles with, I can't say the word object permanence. We're like out of sight, out of mind. Because as soon as something is not in my visual range, it like ceases to exist to me. I wanted so bad to take the chair out of its bag and sit in it and give it a spin. But that felt creepy. It's like trying on <laughs> someone's pants. So I didn't do that. And then I didn't want to. Then I, I then, <laughs> this is where I had a rough day yesterday. And so like I'm at the soccer fields last night, just like decompressing. I wanted to tell her that I didn't sit in it. <laughs> like, hey, just want to let you know I didn't I didn't take that thing for a test right. But right before I said it, I was like, that's creepier. So like it's 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 creepy to sit in it. It's creepier to tell someone you didn't sit in it. <laughs> there are a couple of comments that I want to make that I can't. <laughs> no, don't please don't because I, I like our rating um sorry when i get tired my i just create these conspiracy theories in my head okay are we ready to go here you sure uh, how we gonna talk in this voice here chris yes 
I'm trying to think what's interesting in my office I can show I can show you my favorite picture of Mrs. Planner. Does anybody want to see that? People yes. are loving uh, George over your shoulder. So yeah. That's what I'm saying. So the podcast people hate when we make visual references. So this is a picture of my wife laughing at me at a wedding. Uh, awesome. And it's just like a lovely picture because I like to make her laugh. And this is what I think of when I'm rewarded with that laughter of her laughing at me. I love that picture. I haven't seen her laugh in 20 years. There it is. There it is. Okay. Okay. What else is here? What's on Pete's desk? Bob up. That's enough. Okay. Ready to go? Yes. yes. Dame, do you just roll your eyes? I was just uh, like, what a. I, yes. yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, it's like, it's like, some days you're, let's go, let's go, let's go. And today it's like, eh, let's look around. What is this? Is a Ticonderoga pencil and a piece of old chewing gum? I, I don't know. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, making sure we don't waste your time hmm. with bad radio. Working against me is Damian Dunn, uh, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line, and working alongside of me is Kristen Alanius, uh, Director of Education at Your Money Line. You guys were answering one of the longest emails ever, and it got down to a, a point that this person wanted to know. At what point do you consider a transition and focus from building your own financial wealth and starting to give back to your community by, by not only charitable, contribution, charitable contributions, but perhaps mentorship? I feel like this is like a pinata, this question. <laughs> we can all take massive swings at it. And I will give Kristen the first blindfolded swing at the pinata full of candy. Stand back. Yeah. A wise man once told me, that if you continue to take more from your community than you give, your community will continue to suffer. Jeez, I know I'm old, but it, when you call me wise, it makes me feel like I'm dead. Oh. Okay, but I, damn, like, this person doesn't have to, like, why, well, who's waiting? What, what is there to, like, what's the, okay, let's begin. This is the easiest question to answer of the, of the three that they've posed because there is zero reason to wait. Don't get hung up on the amounts that you're giving, whether it's, you know, 50 bucks here or 50 bucks there or 50 grand here and 50 grand there or, uh, you know, a couple hours a month or a couple hours a day for, as far as mentorship. Just get involved. Find something that you absolutely love that you can, uh, you know, stand behind. Maybe even get your family involved in uh, to to dedicate your time and build relationships there with your family as well, and and train your kids in the way of of giving of themselves back to the community. There's, in my estimation, I, I suppose somebody could try and argue against it. There's zero reason to delay giving back to your community, whether that's monetarily or with your time and what. I, I suppose we could debate this. I think most people would find it harder to give of their time than their money in, in these cases, in, in most cases as well. Yeah, Kristen, I think of how much time Dame dedicates to one of his passions of cars and the uh, ACD festival. Mm -hmm. And I, if he was myopic and it's like, well, I've got to use my resources of time and money for my family exclusively until a tipping point of which then I could share it. Like none of that would happen. And he would not get the joy that he gets out of that. He would not form important relationships that have formed in his life. So I don't know. I really struggled with this one. 
because I just don't, I don't know. I just don't think that way. I mean, mentorship can happen at work. Mentorship can happen at in your neighborhood. Uh, like I, I I'm struggling. Do you think Dame on this one, this person's distracted by names on buildings. Do you think this is a, well, I'm never going to be able to give like this family that has the hospital, the parking garage and the park bench. Like, do you think that's it? Cause I, I do think some people get stuck on the, Oh, we're not a legacy family like this group. So we, therefore what can we do? Maybe that's the perspective we should try and answer this question from, but you know, making substantial and it sounds kind of crummy to say it that way substantial gifts to your community uh, because substantial is going to depend on what you've got working with anyway so I, I don't know but you could be exactly right maybe it's it's the you know the oh man the look at me types of gifts i want to ask a super uncomfortable question without disclaiming it too much so i'm going to just do what i can here Kristen. oh no do you have any it's the question i'm not asking that's uncomfortable Kristen, do you have any interest in having your name on something because of a gift you gave? No. On any level? No. Are you indifferent to it? Or if you gave a large gift and they were like, oh, hey, we're going to put your name on it. Are you like, well, that's fine. Or are you more like, no, please don't. Where, where are you at? I think I'm indifferent because I think it's also not about you in those situations sometimes it's about allowing recipients of that to feel that gratitude and to know where to place said gratitude so i'm not going to say that i would say like absolutely not no way but part of the giving that i do now is monetary and part is of my time and the monetary giving that i do is anonymous it is secret so I, it's hard to answer that question though dame uh, there are two things uh, that I would be in favor of having my name on. And one, uh, you will say, oh, that makes sense. And the other, you will laugh at, uh, oh. which is great. Uh, the Little League ballpark I played on as a kid, I, because it's kind of in disrepair and it kind of ignored because the other diamonds have been you know, built and kids go there to, to play all their, their games now. I think it'd be amazing to be able to uh, to get that rehabbed and made in something really special again. I assume your name would be on the bench. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'd just be written in the dirt behind home plate. Okay. Uh, it'd be the only place. That's nice. That's okay. lovely. The, the second one. Is this the funny one? Yes. Okay. Oh, that one was funny. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> oh, uh, a set of public bathrooms in my hometown. Wait for, for real? but I would have make sure there's enough money that there would always be an attendant there and there would be the cleanest. They would be air conditioned. There would be a place that anybody would go at any time and feel comfortable and not like they're walking through inches of filth and disgust and, and whatever. So in London, right by the London eye, the big Ferris wheel, there's a public restroom that is exactly that name. Mm. It's a pay restroom, but there are attendants. And every time you go in, someone goes in and reclaim. It is the, nicest bathroom I've ever been in and it was a public bathroom and there were attendants but are you serious about that no I was just trying to come up okay. with things. yeah I don't want my name I, I will say I, I I definitely don't want my name on things although I, if I'm being honest I've contributed to GoFundMes and things like that and instead of choosing to be anonymous put your name on it I put my name on it but what I, if I'm if I'm being honest with myself I can't 
discern whether I did that as a look at me or, Hey, I did this and you can too. So like I could, I could probably argue both sides, but I don't know what my real motivation was. Kristen on a GoFundMe, are you, are you putting your name? Or are you, I feel like you'd be anonymous on that. It depends for me. In some cases I've put my name because of situations where I want that person to know that I supported them, that like I have your back. Yeah. And I want you to feel like I'm in your corner. And I don't think that it's the money in those situations for me that does that. It's like, hey, this is Kristen and she supports you. If it's like a big campaign or something where I don't even directly know the person, anonymous. Yeah, I mean, I, I have had a scholarship at my high school that I fund for 15 years and it's it's not my name is not on it. Right. And I like, do you think too, though, then you get into the memorial stuff. So let's say, uh, you know, Dame after the show comes over and he's mad that I <laughs> talked about his bathroom dreams and he kills me <laughs> like just a Krav Maga to the, to the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my family's like, Oh, we're going to put it, the Peter Dunn Memorial bathroom to really stick it to Dame. Yeah. <laughs> like, what if, what if your family is the one putting your name on stuff? You're like, no, wait, don't. I don't want my name on a bathroom. Yeah, I mean, you, sh- you should be able to control how your name is used. Uh, I mean, don't don't uh, don't a lot of celebrities do that? Have you know something? Their agents or somebody or lawyers that take care of that, so they can still get paid after the person dies. That does bother. I know we're really this is a great financial show. Yeah, Kristen, this is like between the segments. This is what it's totally yeah. like. <laughs> Kristen, does it drive you bonkers when a when a deceased celebrity's family makes decisions about their likeness? That drives me crazy. Yes, it does for me as well. Yeah, it just seems wildly unfair. Like I, I just I don't know what piece of paper I have to be like. Hey, when I'm dead, just stop talking. About, like don't put me anywhere. Like I'm gone. Thank you. Everyone else, enjoy the space. I don't know. Maybe they had the opposite conversations. Keep my legacy alive. Mm-hmm. Maybe. All right. <laughs> we got to get this back on track. Good so luck. that's the answer to the world's longest email. Coming up next on the show, biggest waste of money of the week. It is a doozy. It is, it is a terrifying doozy in two completely different ways. We also have current events. We have the news, maybe a Supreme Court decision on student loans. Kristen? No. Okay. (laughs) Well, maybe by the time we get back from the break, there will be one. I'm Pete the Planner. Thanks for listening. We've got Kristen Alanius. We've got Damian Dunn in my studio, and I'm in my office. This is the Pete the Planner show. Boy, that was started a little early there. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're a pro. Can I ask an embarrassing question? Yes. And more embarrassing than saying you want your name on a bathroom? Should yeah. I answer this voice? Yes. <laughs> um, the Supreme Court student loan case is going to be titled what? It's who versus who? Hmm. I don't know. Joe okay. Biden. Not as dumb as I thought. Okay. Uh, Caitlin's liking the show today. Maybe. <laughs> I'll hear about it. <laughs> Pete's out of control. Oh, wait. What's okay. The, who's in the picture with Caitlin there? Her boyfriend. Oh, is it getting serious? Sorry. <laughs> um, Jeremiah says, I was in Newcastle when you started reading the email. <laughs> I'm now in Greensburg. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, so my son 
gave my daughter's phone number to some of its friends and they've been nonstop trying to FaceTime with her. She's ready to kill him. It's the funniest thing ever. I was in a, this like heated meeting yesterday and she likes texting me. She's like, you must punish Ted. He you is must. and I'm just like, A, is like, I don't want to be involved. B, he shouldn't do that. C, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> oh boy. Good times. Okay, Boam. Oh, oh, am I ready for that? Mm, mm, okay. I got to get ready for it. Stand by. All right. Um, 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 um. Here we go. I got to present. Everyone on the podcast, just calm your, your, your urgency. I'm doing things. Okay, here we go. The Boam in three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is the Therminator robot dog flamethrower. <laughs> you have my attention. You might think you already have the best boy or girl at home. Kristen thinks she's got it. But they don't take commands or shoot a 30-foot-long arc of solid flame like old Therminator here does. Uh, the world's largest purveyor of at-home personal flamethrowers, Throw Flame, has combined its arc flamethrower with a quadrupedal robotic dog to create the Therminator. Throw Flame is taking reservations for the Therminator now, which deliveries start... In July, what could possibly go wrong? So, Dame, uh, uh, we got to describe this for the the listening audience. It it looks like one of those was it Boston Scientific yeah, robotic yeah. dogs? Yeah, it's it's like it's jointed the wrong way, like the legs bend at the knee backwards somehow. There's no, there's no way it's that capable though. I, I can't imagine it's you know where you can sh- kick the thing and it uh, it catches itself. This one looks like it would fall over. Wait. It, why would you kick a dog, Dame? Dame. The Boston Dynamics or Boston Scientific or whatever the, the company's name is. They, you've seen those where they, they just try and mess with it to try and get it off its uh, off its feet to show how quick the gyroscopes react and how quickly it uh, gathers itself. You, Our you YouTube search history is very different. Yeah, Dame, I, I don't like I'm just stunned here. You just the first thing we're talking about a dog, you're like, oh, well, when you kick it, it's like, wait, <laughs> a robot dog? Wait, no. the first thought of you seeing a robot dog is you're gonna you're gonna kick is this a Krav Maga thing? Anyway. Okay. All right, what do you think this thing costs, Kristen? World's worst guesser. What do you think? And I, I had to like, here's what I had to do. The price isn't available, so I had to go find the cost of the flamethrower that they put on top and the cost of the robot dog itself. You did more research for Blom than you did anything else related to this show in the yeah. last week. Yeah, I'm like, guys, I'm very busy. <laughs> I don't have the time that Jeremiah has driving all over the east side of Indiana. Um, okay, what do you think, Kristen? I first want to know how this is legal. And second, I believe that this flamethrower dog will cost me $40,000. Ooh. <laughs> I have no idea. 
<laughs> oh, Dame. Dame, what, what guest do you have that might be different than that one? See, I, it really depends. Is it more of the the high-end robot dog, or is this just some knockoff the, 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 this company is making? I, I'm going to go with the knockoff because that's kind of oh, what it, it looks like. Okay, okay. Uh, and I'm going to say uh, 25 grand. Okay, well, a couple, th- couple things here. Uh, it's not a knockoff sort of dog that you could kick. I can tell you oh. that. Uh, it's about $6,000. Oh. Really? Yeah. So I like that you guys are like, oh, we should get one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't expect that, obviously. Okay. So, Dame, you're the closest thing to a man on this show. Thanks. What does a person use a flamethrower for? Uh, whatever they choose. I, you could, uh, you know, burn underbrush. You could burn, you know, piles of trash you could uh you know, terrorize your neighbors or, or keep kids away from your teenage daughters i mean there, uh, there's all sorts of great uses for a flamethrower strapped to a robotic dog dame what's in the news this week rivian is the latest automaker to jump on tesla's north american charging standard and this comes just weeks after ford and general motors announced that their upcoming electric vehicles would have the proper equipment to recharge using Tesla superchargers. Current Rivian vehicles will get the NACS adapter, and future Rivian vehicles are going to come equipped to do it directly. With Rivian, Ford, and General Motors in its corner, Tesla is quickly capturing a large segment of American-made electric vehicles. So far, no foreign automaker has signed with Tesla. As uh, the reporter Tim DeChant writes, it's getting increasingly harder for the rest of the EV charging industry to compete against Tesla. Pete, we've always talked about Tesla and their cars. It sounds like they might have a really, really strong business in charging everybody else's cars as well. Smart, genius, uh, which also makes Kristen's stock pick for the year look pretty good as well. Uh, I, I This past week, I actually, for the first time, spent about 10 minutes going through my head thinking... I could, I could see getting an electric car. Like for the first time ever, for ten minutes, I spent time there. It was very weird. Kristen, what, what do you think about about this? Um, about whether I would drive an electric car? No, uh, uh, the Tesla's business model may be about its chargers. Um, I think that sometimes you ha- you have to adapt. Um, I always say it's kind of aggressive. I always say adapt or die. Um, so <laughs> they, oh. When it comes to business, you got to keep evolving. So I would say if that's if that's going to be where they go, then. Dame, as Kristen always says, adapt or die. Sorry. As Dame always says, I don't know if you could kick that dog. Ooh. Dame, what else is in the news? <laughs> A trucking company is telling gamers to take it outside. Schneider National, looking to hire drivers, has placed in-game billboard ads on American Truck Simulator, a popular video game that lets players load, drive, and park 18-wheelers in excruciating detail. The game penalizes you when you break road rules and even simulates different types of transmissions, per the Washington Post. I'm going to take a timeout. Timeout, you have one. Pete, what was the last time you played a video game? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm sure I played like FIFA with my son uh, a couple months ago. How much would it take for you to play a 18 wheeler driving simulator? I, I don't actually. I don't. It seems interesting. I would do it for like a, not long, but it's it's intriguing. 
I mean, because I'd love to try and find an opportunity to get you in like one of those big immersive simulators yeah. where you're in a truck and you're, you know, getting the, the, the rumble of the, the chairs like you're driving. Rumble. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd love to see you try and back that thing up. Yes. Yes. I'm a, a, a fine motor driver. I'm going to back that thing up. All right. Well, we'll have to see if we can try and arrange that. Anyway, yes. go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, where are you going? So. The ads showed uh, how desperate the trucking industry is to recruit new talent. The U.S. trucking companies are short a record 80,000 drivers as of 2021, and that number could reach 160,000 by 2030, according to the American Trucking Association. This entire country still runs on over-the-road truckers i yeah. mean like the, the, like the when your friends are when you're in your 20s and you're at a par and your friends like oh i just got a new job in logistics and you're like what trucking you know what trucking and this entire world still runs on trucking it's phenomenal it's 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 incredible actually yeah i mean there's all sorts of uh things that you can do that's uh alternative and trucking is there's going to be high demand for trucking for a long time Kristen, how would you be as a trucker I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're adapting or dying, like, but like, do you think you'd be a trucker? Um, you know, I took a really big step and I pull trailer in my SUV now. So I pulled my camper, the skid steer. I'm, I'm moving on up. I feel like I'm not that far away. Okay. Wait, did you say I pull trailer as in singular? <laughs> like, is that how you say it? Is it like, an I mean, in, yeah, no, I pull trailer. There's, there's no terminology there. Don't repeat that. Don't. Yeah. Wait. I'm I'm intrigued. Caitlin we, said no. Caitlin said no. I would have too much anxiety. In England, when you, you go to the hospital, they just say you go to hospital. They don't say oh. the. They're like, oh, he's at hospital. And it's like, well, you're forgetting words. But you're saying I pull trailer now. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I'm. It's like when you're in southern Indiana and you have land, you say, uh, I'm going to get some ground. Right? That's what you. That's how you say it. And that yeah. way you can pull trailer on it. Uh, don't repeat that, no. Uh, Dan, what else is the news? I'm just really curious about what Kristen's CB handle would be. Oh, what would it be? Uh, Miss Elena's here. Uh, uh, she probably wouldn't use that one. <laughs> probably not, no. <laughs> uh, real quick, a uh, contestant last week broke, uh, di sorry, dislocated his shoulder on the prices, right? There is video out there. He got so excited jumping around and dislocated his shoulder so bad, he had to have his wife spin the wheel for him. Wow. Sounds like a real cliffhanger. Okay, that's all we have time for. That was a game. Cliffhanger on the joke. Price. Yeah, I right. got it. Yeah. Kristen didn't get it. City of Good Vibes, because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. It is the Pete the Planner show. Wow. Kristen, the look on your face right there when I gave the cliffhanger joke, blank. Sorry. Dame liked it. I, I loved it. That was. Yeah, how do you like the studio? Dame? I do have to go in a second here, but Dame, how do you like being in the studio? Uh, I, there are a few changes I would make, but uh, yeah, it's great. What would you change? I'd probably put a bigger monitor uh, up there where it is, and so I could uh, that or two, so I could easily have uh, different things split, so I didn't have to look off to the side. But I, whatever, I'm sure I could figure it out the way it is if I was going to be here longer. Can you feel that I've sat in that chair? Is it? Is it cupped to my buttocks? A little bit. It's uh, there's some bumps and spaces that I wouldn't assume there were, but whatever. <laughs> Kristen, you worked out of that studio. Do you like the setup in there, or is it not for you either? Um, I agree with Dame. I wish I could see more in front of me when I'm in yeah. the studio. Yeah, I'm with you. That'd be an investment. Instead, I wanted to spend the money on George Washington paintings. 
that's for the live stream. Okay, that's it. Anything you want to say, Kristen, before you go to a bunch of concerts? No. Dame, anything you want to say before you go to a swim meet? Uh, Kristen, remember your hearing protection. Oh. Save your ears. I may have results on the next show. We are doing a family Olympics tomorrow. Nice. Because there was a lot of trash talking at our dinner table the other night about who's faster at this or that now. Oh. So we're running a family 400 at the track tomorrow. Now, here's some things. My wife was an all-American track runner in college, mm-hmm. which is a problem in the 800 and the 1500. Um, my son is pretty fast and has a lot of endurance right now. Mm-hmm. I'm a superior athlete. Um, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I can still, I can still move a little bit. We think my daughter will get last, but yeah. it's really between Mrs. Planner, Theodore, and me. Do you guys want to place any bets? Uh, I think it's going to be that order. I think it's going to be Mrs. Planner, Theodore, and then me. And okay. then is Mrs. Planner really going to try, or is she going to That's sandbag fair. so uh, so Ted uh, beats her? You've clearly not spent enough time with Mrs. Planner. She would never <laughs> okay, throw good. a race good. ever. Good. She might elbow him. Mm. So, what do you go with? Um, win, play, show. I'm going. Uh, uh, Mrs. Planner to win because I think she's got the cardio and enough foot speed to beat you in a 400. Uh, you're second because you're just going to hip check Ted out of the way if it comes down to it and, and Ted's third and uh, uh, Ollie's fourth. here's my hope here's my hope that I can just run off their shoulder whoever's in the lead for the first 300 and then just outkick them all because I'm stronger and faster no, okay. But, but I, the problem is, can I hang on their shoulder? If they run me into the ground on the first 300, I'm in trouble. All right. Can we, uh, will Ollie concede that she's likely to finish fourth? Uh, she's found, I, I've now lined up my image so that the hair looks like it's coming out of my head uh, in the picture behind me. Um, she says she doesn't care, which means, yeah, she is conceded. Okay. Can we just get her to record it? Mm-hmm. You know what? That's actually the better way to go. Okay. Because I, w- I, I want to see you try and kick after running 300 <laughs> meters. I did put a little prize on the line. I said the winner gets 50 bucks and gets to pick dinner that night. They did, that they don't mm. have to spend the 50 bucks on. Because I, I needed to get her interested in running it. And yeah, the sure. only way you can get her to do something like that is to bribe her with money. <laughs> um, I like it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I do have to go. Uh, this mm. has been lovely. Dame. Good day to you, Kristen. Good day to you. The rest of you, stay getting money.